Judah, I mean Judah, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Sir. Can you charge up my phone, please? Yes, sir. And turn it off. And turn it off, yes. Thank you, Judah. And Rock, if you could help with the comments, Did please. you know that Joan Rivers died a week after? Larry, we're, we, we, are on, we are live streaming, so. Okay. Why can't he mention Joan Rivers? I thought maybe you didn't want Joan Rivers brought up because of past stuff. It's fine. I'll bygones be bygones. I'll bygones be bygones. No, I mean, if I can say this, I mean, and you guys don't mind, but she had uh, made a comment that she thought that Obama was bisexual and that Michelle was a trans, and a week later she died. Coincidental? Wow. Well, uh, I don't know. Okay, and I want to welcome everybody on that note to the world, according to Ben Stein. Thank you, Larry Klayman, for getting um, for getting us banned everywhere. Um, it's greatly appreciated. I want to thank everybody for watching us live on uh, YouTube. Everybody could find me. us. That was John Rivers. Everybody could find us at the World According to Ben Stein on YouTube, the World According to Ben Stein on Facebook, and of course on Parlor at Ben Stein. We are we are joined tonight, round due. Um, by America's lawyer, the original fly in the ointment in Washington, D.C., the original founder of Judicial Watch, now the founding member of Freedom Watch, and author of the new book, It Takes a Revolution. Buy it. Buy it today. Uh, I will myself buy five of them tonight. Five of them. Thank you, Ben. And uh, Larry, Larry Clayman, everybody. And of course... America's humble servant, entertainer, actor, writer, provocateur, lover, sinner, enemy to none. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Good evening, sir. How are you, sir? I am good. How, uh, so let's just straight off the bat, let's get to this right away. I would want to get into this. You know, um, on Parlor, I want to thank everybody that follows us on Parlor. But one of the things I, I you know, we, we often talk about is what, what got Trump nominated in the first place, what got him elected in the first place, yes. was Americans don't be like, don't like being pushed around. And there were- I've many, said that many times. I'm quoting you, yes. Uh, okay, uh, I will call up Bartlett's tomorrow. Um, no, 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 I got it from a very smart lawyer named John Kecker. But uh, uh, Americans don't like to be pushed around. And, you know, I brought this up to you before the show. Americans are just- are, are tired of being pushed around, especially Republicans who follow the law, who for the most part pay their taxes, who believe in God, who believe in Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. It's coming up. And they've been pushed around and they're continuing to get pushed around. And what scares me is a, a, a Trump party minus Trump as president. I don't know what they'll do. That I, I, is I, a very, very, very brilliant phrase trump a trump party without trump that's that's a very scary concept go on well i mean the republican party doesn't really have a natural leader it's interesting i was in washington dc last week and uh, my driver drove me around he drove past the taft carillon which i'm sure uh, mr clayman is familiar with on capitol hill and he said this is the only memorial to president taft and I said, no, it's a memorial to Senator Bob Taft, who is known as Mr. Republican in the Congress. There is no Mr. Republican in the Congress now. Our senator from Kentucky is a great Republican, great guy. We like him a lot. Uh, we have a number of very good Republican representatives, but there's no balls out gonzo guy who's the leader of the party like there, like, like there should be. We, and that should naturally be Trump, but it isn't. But it should be. It should be. I, and what I, is Trump's in great shape, and I, I'm I'm ready to start campaigning for him for four years from now. What is a Republican, Ben? How do you define a, a Republican? A Republican is anyone I call a Republican. <laughs> okay. Anybody who's not a Democrat. No, 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 no. I have to, I have to examine each case. Case by case, it's going to take a while. But no, but it is a good question because republicanism is no there, 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 there is no more GOP. There's no more grand old party. The grand old party is dead. But you know, uh, the only little party is with um, Paul Ryan and uh, those little weasels. Party Hardy. Yeah, that's you the, are stunningly right. <clears throat> but there are some great Republicans now. I know you don't like Lindsey Graham. I happen to love him. 
I agree. He promises a lot more than he delivers, but I think he could be the leader of the party. I think he's an incredibly great guy. Uh, I, there must be some others. I don't know who they are, but there must be some others. I'm willing to take on that mantle and be Mr. Republican. But Ron, let me I ask you a question. You that I'm, I sleep a lot. Lindsey Graham, this is the problem I have because they put their own interests, their own friendships ahead of the country. Is it just yesterday when he was asked to critique Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on this massive racketeering bribery scandal? I'm sorry, who, are, had we to add, Larry, course, Larry, who are we talking about? Larry, who are we talking about? Lindsey Graham. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. I mean, he, he had to say, he felt duty bound to say, Joe Biden's my friend. I like Joe Biden, but, okay. Now, how can you have somebody as your friend who just has pulled off the biggest fraud in American history and who has committed one of the biggest political crimes ever. So that's the, that's the thing I have a hard time dealing with, with these congressmen and senators on Capitol Hill. Everybody's buddy-buddy, everybody's a friend, and in the end, they protect themselves. And I don't know of any- oh, You're making a very, very strong point, and, I, and I, I don't really have an easy answer to that, except uh, uh, we have a saying, I used to be in Washington for a large part of my life, we had a saying in Washington, if you wanna get along, go along, and I'm afraid that is still true. And uh, so uh, I agree that your point is well taken, though. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, you know, I, to tell you the truth, I don't think Mr. Biden was behind the fraud. I think, as Tucker Carlson says, he's a, he's a hologram. He's not even a real person. Some bigger people were behind it, uh, bigger, more scary people. And uh, so... Uh, I think he can be friends with him, but he is not, Mr. Biden is not really a substantial person. I, mean, I, I don't think, think, I think you're right person. about that, and I agree with you. But, was, I, but what Larry's saying is, and it's extremely disheartening, right? So you have Lindsey Graham, you know he's your friend, but every night for two and a half years on Fox News on Hannity, this guy promised to indict, right? Pro indictments were coming. I agree. I agree. He, it's very disappointing. He had one brief shining moment, a great moment with Brett Kavanaugh. But for two and a half years, you could have run the Hannity show on loop and it would have been the same exact show. And I brought this up here before. You had Sarah Carter, John Solomon, and all these same people saying indictments are coming tomorrow. And if you're a Republican or you're a conservative or you're a Trumpican, whatever you consider yourself, it is one of the most disheartening things. Donald Trump was freaking impeached. I, 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 you know what? You're, to you're totally right. And I, I have to say the concept, the phrase that uh, you two gentlemen have been using, the Republican Party without Trump, is terrifying because uh, it, we, it has to have, the party has to have a leader, or at least some, several leaders. But let's, let's face it, Trump has totally dominated the landscape for the last roughly four years. So it's not surprising no other big Republican has leapt out in front of the pack. Some, somebody will probably emerge. Someone always does emerge. There's never been a time when a Republican leader didn't emerge. So one will emerge eventually. I mean, I don't know who it'll be. Maybe it'll be David Eisenhower. David Eisenhower is Mr. Nixon's son-in-law. He's a genius. He's got an exemplary military record. He's got an exemplary academic record. Maybe he'll become the leader of the party. Somebody will emerge. So I want to get back to this bill, right? I mean, so this, we have this 6,000-page bill. Only Larry Klayman in his essays in his essays of a madman could write more than 6,000 pages. So they, I, I got to be honest, Ben, you're from Washington. Larry, you're from Washington. Larry Who, is from Washington? Well, he worked in Washington. I, I, I did my time there. I spent, uh, you know... 30 years, 25 years there to be that's, that's That's being from somewhere. And who crafts a 6,000 page document? No, you're right, you're right. Of course, nobody's read it. And it's like what Mrs. Pelosi said about, I believe it was about Obamacare. Uh, you have to, we have to pass it before we know what's in it. Of course, it's a scam on the American people. It's a fraud on the American people. Judy, you and I were talking before the show about if the if there's six hundred dollars per 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 adult in the bill, that the bill is way more than that amount. So uh, where's the other part of it going? You and I discussed at some length the fact that for some incredible reason, two hundred fifty million of it goes to the Palestinian Authority, who are supposedly the most corrupt governing body in the world, and who in any event pay people bounties for how many Jewish children they can kill. Yeah, it's like a video game. giving them money. It's a video game. And here oh, in the- Pakistan, money for the Kennedy Center. I mean, it's 
And in the it's interest ridiculous. of and what's six hundred dollars? You buy yourself a new TV. That's what's going to happen. And in the interest ridiculous. of full disclosure, I'm not for Israel either getting the foreign aid on this one. Um, I'm not, I don't think Israel should be getting any foreign aid at all at this point. I think they should be getting, we should sell them whatever our best weaponry is, but I don't think we need to be giving them any foreign aid at all at this point. I mean, they're, they're a very prosperous, successful country. What say you, Larry Kleiman? Well, it reminds me of uh, Woody Allen when he said that he took a course on speed reading and they asked him what was in it. And he said, I couldn't remember. <laughs> what he said was that I read War and Peace in one hour and they asked him what it was about, Russia. No one knows <laughs> no one knows what this bill is about. It's a complete sham. It's a mock use another Woody Allen phrase. It's a mockery of a sham of a mockery of a travesty of a sham. That's what it is. And uh, Ben, I don't know of anybody in the Republican Party currently that can lead this party. I don't know of anybody in the Republican Party currently that has the courage of his or her convictions. And maybe there, somebody we, will we, emerge. But, but, but Mr. Trump has sucked all the oxygen out of the room for the last four years. So there's nobody else around. There, there will be other people who will emerge. There always are. I mean, they, here's the bigger question, Ben. You see, right? so you're right. So it's going to it's going to be Trump in 2024 if, if, if some miraculous miracle doesn't happen now. That said, it's going to be Trump in 2024. But I want to get to both of you and ask you this, because the Georgia election's coming up or is, and we basically have lost it before it even started because of we know the mass amounts of fraud. How massive, do we? Yeah, that's, that's as cool. soon as I read, read that there were stupendous amounts of mail-in ballots and early voting, that's got Democrat fraud all over it. Whenever that happens, bang, it's Democratic fraud. We know that's going to happen. It's a tragedy. I believe that state has a Republican governor, and I think, I could be wrong, but I think he does. it does. It's tragic that he has not intervened in some way to clean this up. I mean, he's going to be next. He's not going to be a governor much let, longer. Let me, let me be devil's advocate here, guys, and what you're ahead, saying. I don't think it is Trump in 2024 for this reason. Is that Democrats are going to have complete control of government. This is turning into a socialist, communist, godless state. They will not let Trump get off the mat after they've already destroyed him to make any kind of a comeback. The Democrats, Biden and Kamala Harris, and I predicted that Biden will be dead within six months, either of natural causes, as I said before, or he won't wake up one morning for something that they give him that night. And then you've got these radical leftists, and they're going to use the Justice Department, the IRS, and every agency imaginable to destroy Trump and anybody who opposes their regime. They'll never give back power to conservatives, people of faith, or libertarians. Once they have it, that's it. And we're gonna turn into a, you know, a real dictatorship. If you think Gavin Newsom and, and Andrew Cuomo are bad, where do you see what we get? Already, no, well, Biden has inserted, lot, Larry, with already Biden has inserted Soros people in the prospective administration, if you can believe Ooh. that. Well. I don't question that, but I've heard that before. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm older than you are, Larry, I, I think. And I, and I, I remember much. very vividly when John F. Kennedy was elected president by a theft, clear theft, in 1960. And I remember a very smart friend of mine who was a Republican said, that's the last elected president we'll ever have. The Democrats will never let us have another election. And, and that didn't happen at all. So I, I question whether it can, whether what you're saying will happen. But... I will say we have a very dire situation because of the mass media, especially the online mass media, that is now an instrument of propaganda, pure propaganda from the Bolsheviks. And that is a really scary situation. We've never had a situation like that before. And it's really terrifying. By the way, and somebody brings to, up, to be, I just, I, I need to bring up a few people in the chat that brought up a few candidates. Chris Christie won't be alive in two years. But there's Tom Cotton in four years. Tom, there's oh, Tom, Tom Cotton is great. Tom Cotton is great. I've heard, I've had dinner with him. I've heard him speak. He's really, really good. So there's Tom Cotton, who somebody brought up, and I know you're going to not probably agree with this, but somebody more in the line of Rand Paul, because well, let me Paul. let me comment on this. First of all, Tom Cotton's going to have to change his last name because Cotton is now a forbidden word. You can't use Cotton. 
Okay, that means I you're think racist. You use cotton. Your name is cotton. Rand Paul is not my favorite by any means, but I would certainly take him over uh, way, 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 way. Let me over tell you, Ben. See, I, I've had experience with these people in, in terms of the cases that I bring and what I did at Judicial Watch and Freedom Watch. When I brought a lawsuit against the NSA, class action. Against what? I'm sorry. Yeah, when I national. brought a class action lawsuit against Obama's National Security Agency. And it was class action. Rand Paul then piggybacked on it and filed one a couple months later. I saw him on the mall in front of the Capitol. And I said, Senator Paul, why don't we cooperate? Why don't we work together? Uh, he didn't want to work together. And then he told everybody that he was the first one that filed the class action and then never did anything with it. You know, got him on Fox News a lot. But that was it. Let me well, tell you about know. Craig Gowdy, which everybody thinks is a great guy. Here's a guy that took a dive with regard to Benghazi. Let me tell you about uh, the current minority leader of the House, Andrew McCarthy, or whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> I think that's his name. Kevin, maybe Kevin. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin yeah, McCarthy. Pretty boy old. Kevin McCarthy. Okay. This idiot during the Benghazi investigation <laughs> said they were only doing it to tar and feather Hillary Clinton for political purposes. These are the people who are the leaders of the Republican Party. Well, others will emerge there. I mean, there look, there are 70, there were something, uh, 70 million plus votes for, for Trump in the last election. There are lots of Republicans out there. Some of them will be leaders. You know, Ben, from your mouth to God's ears, if you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to Ben Stein. We are joined tonight by... Uh, Washington's Fly in the Ointment, Larry Clayman, author of the new book, It Takes a Revolution. We encourage everybody to go out and buy one. Um, said bye-bye to Trey, actually, after the last week, got it on Audible. Uh, we um, encourage everybody to buy it. Ben's going to buy five after the show. And um, you can find us on YouTube at The World According to Ben Stein. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook at The World According to Ben Stein. And you can find Ben Stein on Parlor. Um, but get the, and I want to welcome everybody back. Where you, Larry's got to leave in a little bit. Um, he, oh no, that doesn't seem right. He only likes to do it's it, Larry's like Kramer, you know, on Seinfeld, you know, bits and pieces. You know, if you have him for a full hour, it's off the rails. I'll tell you, I tease you, but Ben is so brilliant that he can carry the load here. He doesn't, I don't anything. think so. Okay. I don't, but think I want to, I want to get back to something though, because he, about the getting we don't want to be pushed around part. And it stems from so much, right? So you go back to the courts, right? So for years, Democrats used the courts to get their way, right? Via Roe v. Wade, just, just they used the courts, right? So now we, we, we have the courts, but we don't really have the courts because we vote in judges that follow the literal law usually, right? We, so, don't, we don't vote in those. They're appointed by the president. Right, but I'm saying the judges that we tend to get either backfire miserably or they not back all by not all, not all of them not not Scalia he was great not Scalia and not Scalia is dead then <laughs> right so right. that's the problem Scalia is dead right yeah, so right. Right. And, and I'm not yeah. promoting my book guys but the federal judges are the biggest problem and Jefferson said that he said because they're unelected <laughs> and unaccountable to the people they will become despots and tyrants requiring us every 20 years or so to again shed the blood of patriots and tyrants and then he added plus a few thousand dead to refresh the tree of liberty. I've lived it now for 43 years. Anniversary, December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day is when I became a lawyer, very prophetic. And look what they just did. Look what the president's own hand-picked justices did to him, stabbing him in the back with regard to an excellent case that was brought by the Attorney General of Texas with regard to the swing states that violated the constitution with regard to their paper ballots and everything else. So these judges, they're in it for themselves. They're not in it for the American people. They're unaccountable to the people. And Jefferson was right. And that's the reason I wrote this book. I've got the judicial quality shame in the book, the top 10 well, worst judges I've ever been in front of. And that's just a smattering of the hypocrites, liars, and frankly, cowards that I have encountered in 43 years. Well, what about, wait a minute, what about Bob Bork? He was great. Yeah, he's dead too, unfortunately. I know, but he was great while he was alive. Right, but well, that's, I think up. that's... I mean, let's dig them both up. 
<laughs> but that's sort of Ben. That's sort of the point. Republicans or vote in, they never know what they're going to get, and it's usually not good. Democrats vote in judges that are pundits. They know exactly what they're getting. Yes. No, sir. no, no, sir. Pundit is not the word you're looking for. Pundit means a commentator. You, you don't mean a well, commentator. Well, they're commentating. But you, but you, you mean party member. They're Democrats, the leftists generally in this country are much more fired up, disciplined, and angry people than the conservatives. The conservatives, <clears throat> it's, no, it's not just a coincidence that they're called country club Republicans. I belong to a very nice country club. Almost everybody there, even though a lot, a lot of half are Jewish, they're relaxed, they're happy, they're cheerful, they're living up. It's good to be rich. But uh, uh, the Democrats, even if they are rich, are fired up. They're angry. They've got, they're furious. We've never had a Republican woman in Congress like anything like that psycho Nancy Pelosi who said she was going to grab Trump by his hair and his small hands, a very oblique reference to his penis and drag him out of the White House. We've never had anybody like that. The Democrats okay. are angry, 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 scary, angry people. Nancy Pelosi, Maxine like Waters. We've never had anybody like this. We have Maxine Waters. We have no fighters. We have a bunch of, I mean, we have a few like Jim Jordan and, you know, Matt Gates in Florida. But for the most part, we don't, I mean, we have nobody. Well, the reason, I don't know the reason that rich Democrats... That people, I'm sorry, let's let Larry talk. I beg your pardon, Larry. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say the reason that rich Democrats, you know, are more of a fighter and they're willing to take greater risks is because they have a better accountant. They got themselves a better Jewish accountant. You know what? Trump said, he said, if you want to play basketball, okay, get a black guy. If you want an accountant, get a Jew. So, so they get Jewish accountants and they don't pay taxes. So, oh, well, that's not true. I have a Jewish accountant and I'm virtually bankrupt from paying taxes. So, and uh, uh, and he, he's, he likes me. To, I mean, he's, he's I'm joking, Ben. I'm joking. But I thought Trump's comment was pretty funny. Yeah, and, it is funny. Sure. And all of the views of Larry Clayman are only of Larry Clayman's. Um, but uh, getting back to Larry, since you have to run, um, where do we go from here? I want to ask you that, but I want to ask you both of that. Like, where do we go from here? We know the courts are going to be stacked. Yeah. You know, it's going to be 50-50. They're going to put up on the vote to, to stack the Supreme Court. What do we do? What are, what are our avenues? Well, either they uh, stack Larry? the Supreme Court or kill one or two of them. I think Scalia was not accidentally... Uh, you know, he didn't meet his demise by accident, I don't believe. We're headed into a revolution. That's why I wrote the book. Again, I hope it is peaceful and legal. I have peaceful and legal proposals. But if we don't succeed at that, then there are others in this country, not us, but others, who are going to get violent here. Because we are going to be living in a socialist, communist, godless state. And when they start to take the guns away from us, you know, by overtaxing us on the guns or simply just confiscating them, then that's going to be the flashpoint. Oh, oh I, I hope and pray that nobody has that idea of taking away Americans' guns. That, that would be just too awful. I have one quick question before Larry leaves, because I want to ask you both this, because I always go back to Chicago, which has the highest, which has the, the strictest gun laws in, in America, but has the highest deaths. We live in California where we have the, the strictest COVID laws, yet we have a constant outbreak of COVID. You know, it, it, every day they're saying there's 50,000 more cases. Do you not believe the numbers? What the heck is going on? Uh, Larry, you answer that. Well, I was on a show a couple of weeks ago with a guy named John Curry, very bright guy on Crowdsource the Truth. Judah knows Jason. I'm sorry, who are going to? Jason's very good. And he was, he did, he studied the statistics. He's a statistician and also an investigator. Most of these deaths are from the ordinary flu and they're being attributed to COVID. Of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, Explain you know, why, because shame. a hospital. Okay, now we've got to worry more. about COVID strain from Great Britain. This is so the networks, Fox, and everybody else can continue to scare people, to get them to watch. And that's what it's about, boosting ratings. Death charts are back up there. I wrote about that. That's the subtitle of my book, Forget the Scandal Industry. I mean, they profiteer by scaring the American people to get them glued to the television set. And what we need to do is rise up and wage a peaceful and legal revolution right now before we are enslaved by the radical left. And those are my final words. Ben can take it from here. 
He's much brighter than I am. You'll figure it out. We salute you, Larry Clayman. Have I a great you, Larry. Have, have a good evening, Thanks whatever you you're doing. Where are you going now, Larry? I, I, I told Jason I would do an hour with him. I would love to be with you, but I made the commitment prior to that. Crowdsource the truth. People can watch that after they finish watching your show. I okay, we will see you later, right. later well, Larry. God bless you. Where do we go? Thank you, Larry. Have a good evening, and God and bless you, sir. God, God bless, bless you, too. God Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry yeah. Christmas. Everything. God Everything. God bless you. And I want to Thank welcome, you. thank you, Larry Clayman. And everybody, don't forget to buy his book, It Takes a Revolution. Um, I want to welcome everybody back to the world. According to Ben Stein, we are minus a few tonight, busy times um, for people. Um, you could find us on YouTube at The World According to Ben Stein. You could also find us on Facebook at The World According to Ben Stein. But right now, you're about to get what is sort of like a conversation that Ben and I have on a daily basis. And... Um, uh, debates, arguments, all that type of stuff. Um, but one of the things you get asked on a lot about Parler, especially after you posted um, the the, Palest the Palestinian aid, and it's the question that you and I have been talking about for 17 years, is, and people can't understand it because it bothers us more than it does anybody else, is why do Jews... No, 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 it bothers my wife too, and she's not Jew. Yeah. No, but if I'm saying it bothers us, more than you know okay it bothers your wife why it bothers us why did jews vote democrat and i, well, I think that I, there is an answer to that <clears throat> they, when jews first came to america in large numbers they were not welcome in the republican party which was explicitly a party for protestants and uh so uh the jews said well if we're not welcome we'll go with the democrats and so and they, they've just stayed with them now the jews also got the mistaken impression that Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a great philo-Semite. That is not true. They got the impression that Harry Truman was a great philo-Semite. That's not true. They got the impression that Adlai Stevenson was Jewish, which is certainly not true. And uh, they got the impression that John F. Kennedy was a great lover of Israel and of Jews. That's certainly not true. They got the impression that, uh, that Lyndon Johnson was a great lover of Israel. Very, 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 very far from true. Uh, they, they, I mean, the only one that Jews seem to have figured out was a clear enemy of Jews. It was Carter. I mean, he, he just sort of like posted a sign on his forehead saying, I'm an enemy of Israel and I'm an enemy of Jews. The others don't get it. I mean, now we have a situation where we have a Democrat candidate for Senate in Georgia and he is a reverend of some church. I'm not sure which, but a, 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 a Protestant church. He's an African-American gentleman, and he is an explicit follower of Louis Farrakhan. He is an explicit anti-Semite. And Mr. Biden, who got something like seven, roughly 75% of the Jewish vote, is going down there to campaign for him. Something is screwy in the Jewish brain for them to be backing Biden under those circumstances. I don't understand it. I may be missing something. I'm very, very far from perfect. I'm very, 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 very far from perfect. So I may be missing something, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand it at all. See, so I've said this to you in the past. I, I, I've, you and I identify as Jews as, as far as Israel, right? I, I identify as a Jew in every, in but, every but I do, no, but I'm saying my identity as a kid, I'll just use this as an example. Uh, my mother probably thinks I have a revisionist history, but my mother brought me up in a school until second grade that um, taught Yiddish, right? Which what? is, which is guttural German sort of. And uh, yeah, you know, and it literally means Jewish, but um, she pulled me out of that school because she didn't want me learning German, right? She, or, or Yiddish, because she, she wanted me to learn Hebrew because she figured if we ever had to run to a place, we weren't running back to Germany. We were running to Israel, you know? So I was raised in a house that taught me that we never had to go through that persecution again. And we have a state to, we have a state that will, a country that will defend us, uh, especially coming from a family that was slaughtered, that most of it was slaughtered during the Holocaust. So I the reason I bring that up, Ben, is because I think there are a lot of Jews in America that that identify with the Holocaust and not Israel. You know, they, they believe that Israel I don't think they even identify with the Holocaust. What? I don't think they even identify I don't think, with the Right. But I think they think Israel has served its purpose. It's but a pox on them. 
It makes them look bad. You know, they always have to keep bringing up Israel, 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 and it doesn't work at the dinner parties. Defending Israel isn't the popular thing to do. Well, may I say, let me back up a few things, a few minutes, moments, steps. One of the biggest myths of human life is that Jews are particularly smart. This is not true. I mean, I, many Look years ago, I'm going to be writing about this in a book, and I'm, and I'm not going to plug it on the show, but I'm going to write about this in a book. Many years ago, I had a conversation with Mr. Nixon about Jews. And Mr. Nixon was, without question, no doubt about it, the best friend the Jews have ever had in high office anywhere in the world at any time in the last 6,000 years, which is how long Judaism has existed. And Mr. Nixon said, as to Jews, the Israeli Jews are phenomenal. They're just incredible. They can do anything. But the American Jews are just like all the other Americans. They're, 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 they're just, they, make, they have all the same problems and weaknesses of all the, as all the other Americans. So I'm afraid that is, that is true. The American Jews, there's no reason to believe they're any, particular, smarter, any smarter than American Baptists or American Presbyterians or American Roman Catholics. It just isn't true. And so, uh, so that's part of the problem. People have a misconception about Jews. They're just not, uh, Jews are fine, fine, wonderful people, but uh, some are, some aren't, but uh, they're not particular geniuses. And uh, they have, have missed the boat politically for a very long time now. And it's, it's sad, but it's true. And it's something that you get, you get questioned with every day in your comment sections is people asking that question. And, and it breaks our heart probably more than it breaks the people that are asking this question because we, we just don't get it. I don't get, well, let me back up. I'll, I'll go about, go back even farther. Lots and lots of the women who are getting abortions are Jewish women. And I have a very close friend who's a Jewish woman who was a who was pregnant as a result of an affair with an Italian American person. And she was going to have an abortion. And I said to her, and her whole family just about had been wiped out by Hitler and her mother had survived horrifying treatment at the hands of the Nazis, father too. And she was going to have an abortion. And I said to her, please don't have an abortion. Hitler tried to cut off your bloodline. Don't do it yourself. And she, I talked her out of having an abortion. And I, she said, I can't afford to have a child. I said, well, I, I will pay for the child up until 18 or so. I forget the exact year. And I did. But may I say, that child has grown up to not like Israel, which I find unbelievable. The mother loves Israel. Child has grown up to not like Israel. I don't know. Jews are, are very, I don't know what to say. It's maddening to me as a Jew. Jews are maddening to me as a Jew. But then again, lots of people are maddening to me. I mean, the only person, I've only known one perfect person in my life, and that's my wife. She's perfect, but nobody else is. Um, well said. And um, let's get back to, because I want to get back to the Georgia race. Which, yeah, um, a very, very big, I big, know, big it's, subject. It's, I know it scares the crap out of you, this Georgia race, with uh, this much. idiot Warnock and this idiot Ossoff. But again, Ossoff is a he is a disgrace. But it goes to show you how bad this idiot governor was the one that put Loeffler in. She is a terrible candidate. And Purdue looks like he could be Mitch McConnell's adopted brother. The, the, the optics in a state like Georgia and, and, and this is where Republicans are with messaging you mean to tell me we could we and I hate to bring up race that we couldn't find an attorney general like so they, they had that um, the African American attorney general in Kentucky. You you mean to tell me that Republicans couldn't find one black guy? They couldn't see the trend of the state of Georgia of the state of Georgia changing, and we didn't have anybody in our arsenal to 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 put up there like they did. I'm afraid that is precisely true. I. I, I, I doubt if there are many high-ranking uh, black Georgia Republicans, and uh, there should be. There's no. There should be. I mean, the Republicans are the ones who freed the slaves and took care of the blacks after the Civil War. The Democrats are the ones who oppressed them. I believe are still oppressing them, but uh, somehow that all gets lost, and uh, we 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 don't we don't get our message across, and uh, <clears throat> blacks. Are wonderful people, and believe me, 
I have, I, I love them. They're great. They're wonderful people, but they have gotten brainwashed by the media into thinking that the Republicans are their enemies. And it's just not true. The Republicans have historically been their best friends. Even, even when I was working for Mr. Nixon, <clears throat> Mr. Nixon <clears throat> was fighting the Democrats in the Congress to get civil rights legislation passed to desegregate the last of these Southern states. And, uh, People, yeah, people think of Nixon as a racist. It's incredible. It's incredible. The media can turn everything upside down and make, it, make black seem white and white seem black. And it, somebody's writing, I'm not sure this is 100% true, as from Phoenix is writing, he was also arrested for obstructing police investigation and a child abuse occurring at his, at his church's camp. But again, this goes to show is you- Is this about Reverend Warnock? Yes, this is about Reverend Warnock. <laughs> Wow. But this goes to show you about messaging is that, you know, the part, Trump laid out a game plan of, of how to do this, of how to win. Leave it to Republicans to not follow it. He said, basically, you could say what you want as long as you back it up with good policy and you and you could win. And none of these Republicans, Ben, decided to follow him. Well, I, I think it's deeper than that, my dear friend Judah. <clears throat> the Republicans don't have charisma. There is, even great Republicans like McConnell, whom I like a really, really lot, even wonderful ones like McConnell have no charisma at all. And uh, I, I, Mr. Trump had magical charisma. Even so, let's remember, he got a very distinct minority of the popular vote, but he had charisma. Uh, I, I think uh, we've got to find some Republicans with charisma. I was very disappointed in what uh, our friend Larry Clayman said about Trey Gowdy, because I think of him as having charisma, but I guess, I guess Larry Clayman says he doesn't. But no, I what he's saying, what, La what Larry's saying about a guy like Trey Gowdy is um, that basically he's all talk and no action, that he puts on, that he sounds good on Fox News, but at the end of the day, what has he actually accomplished? Well, that's yeah. the nature of the Congress, my friend. The nature of the Congress is, as I said a few minutes ago, if you want to get along, go along. And it's very, very hard to uh, avoid going along with the trend. My, my longtime fellow actor and comic person, Al Franken, a very, very successful guy, super successful, uh, was going to ask me what I thought about his running for the Senate quite a number of years ago. And I said, I don't think you should do it. You are already a distinct, recognizable, important voice. If you go into the Senate, even if you win a long shot, and I, and I think that election was sort of stolen, but anyway, even if you win, uh, you're one of a hundred voices. Now you're, you're one very distinct voice. So he went into the Senate and he got his ass handed to him for nothing over nothing, nothing, nothing. And, uh, so that, that teaches you, you, ha you have to really, really be careful once you're in the Congress. You have to be careful. We had one Republican in my childhood who was not afraid to buck the trend, take on the media, take on the liberal power brokers. His name was Joseph R. McCarthy. He was slimed by the media beyond what you can imagine. I mean, you cannot even imagine how they slimed him. Way worse than what they've done to Donald Trump. And McCarthy did have terrible, terrible problems, and he made a lot of really wacky accusations, and he was a very heavy drinker. But he stood up to the media, and they just castrated him for it. And yet, as I say, this is what happens when you stand up to the media. It is a very tough thing. Nixon stood up to the media, and look what they did to him. Nixon was the greatest president of the post-war era <clears throat> by a long, long way, the best friend the Jewish people have ever had in the history of the world. Look what the Jewish media did to him. It's a scary, scary situation. By the way, uh, just uh, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to Ben Stein. Michael Gerber, no matter how many times you say it, Ben doesn't know Trump. And I hear this a lot. No, on no, wait, I, 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 wait, no, no, no. With all due respect. You don't have a, you don't have a phone call to him to, to. Maybe I did, I, no, I, I, I did have a phone conversation with him once. No, I mean, you don't have, you can't pick up the phone right now, no, no, Mr. No, President. No. We're, we're, we're behind you. Uh, no, no, I, I, I don't. I can't. Yeah. I would uh, if I could. I would if I don't. Uh, yeah, it, we both would if we could. And if you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to Ben Stein. I am reading what's going on in the chat. So there's your answer to that. Um, what do you, um, Michael? Um, Jim Jordan is another one that's a potential um, future candidate. Um, 
But I want to get to something else. Um, I thought his name was Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Michael Jordan is a basketball player. Yes, and I want to get to something else because every year um, on before, before Christmas, on Christmas, people all over Facebook share your sentiments. You share a piece you wrote. Either you said it on CBS Sunday Morning or you wrote it. Yes, you on wrote CBS that, Sunday Morning. That, that goes about, viral. I know, I, 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 do, do not like the fact that it's become taboo to say Merry Christmas. I do not like the fact that it's become taboo to have up crushes. I do not like the fact that it's become taboo to have crosses in front of your house. I, I, I don't like at all the fact that it's become taboo to have the Lord's Prayer in school. Uh, I, I don't get it. Freedom of religion is freedom of religion. And that means freedom for Christians too. I don't. I, if I, I must say to me, you talk about the Republicans not being, not minding being pushed around. Wow, it's incredible how the radicals and the, the godless atheists push around the Christians, and they are they just take it over and over and over again. It's un, unbelievable. Unless unless it's being done by a conservative, then they fight back. If it's being done by a liberal, no, they don't fight back. No, I mean, you, were, you raise a great point. I, you know, this, uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly was one of the first people, so were you, that was, that was fighting this war on Christmas of people walking around this somehow being said, you know, you know, it's like I'm talking to people and I'm, people are wishing me happy holidays. And, you know, I, know, I don't we, like it. You know, when we go to the gas station and you wish back, them back Merry Christmas, these companies have these policies where the people, where the employees could get fired for saying Merry Christmas. I mean, this is really, you know, and, and and Ben, these are little things that eventually become a big thing. I agree. I agree. I agree. I my wife is uh, an invalid, and I do all the shopping for our household, and uh, so I'm at the grocery store almost every day because my wife has to have fresh fish every day. It can't even be one day old; it has to be fresh every day. I'm at the store every day buying her her fresh fish, and I wish everybody Merry Christmas. And you know something, it takes a while, but eventually the ones who get to know me say Merry Christmas back because they know I'm not going to get them in trouble or <clears throat> yell at them for saying Merry Christmas. And <clears throat> I went to Montgomery Blair High School, wonderful high school in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, one of my schoolmates was Goldie Hawn. Another one was Connie Chunk. Another one, interestingly enough, was Carl Bernstein. Uh, we, he was my next door neighbor. We <clears throat> parted ways politically quite some time ago. But anyway, um, the, uh, but everybody wished Merry Christmas. Everybody, we all sang Christmas songs at Christmas time. It didn't bother us. It didn't hurt me. I, ha I haven't become a Nazi because of it. I mean, it, it didn't bother me at all, and it still doesn't bother me at all. Okay, so somebody has a question here. Should China pay for everyone who has COVID $1 million? No, but China should pay. Uh, you know, I am not an, enough of an expert on epidemiology to know the answer to 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 that question, the I, I just don't know the answer. I just don't know the answer. To that. I, I I think the whole COVID thing. It, there's something fraudulent about it, and uh, because so many of the people who have died of COVID also had comorbidity factors. I only know one person, an incredibly wonderful woman named Lynn Kellogg, one of the great singers of all time, one of the stars of the great great Broadway musical Hair. She died recently and the newspaper said it was COVID, but I know her husband and he told me it wasn't COVID, it was leukemia. She had an underlying case of leukemia and the COVID was added on top of it, but the underlying problem was the leukemia. And what I'm, what I'm finding out more and more is that the people who die supposedly of COVID almost always had some serious underlying condition. And, uh, somehow, nevertheless, that has been an excuse to put us all under lockdown and clampdown. And uh, all here in Los Angeles, everything's closed except uh, for the grocery stores. And interestingly enough, but you know, there's a body piercing studio very close to me. That's not closed. But there's a tattoo place near me. That's not closed. But uh, churches well, it's are essential under, then, churches it's anywhere essential. than 10 people, those are closed. It's, it's, es it's essential, you know, getting a tattoo. <laughs> Getting a tattoo. I mean, I want you to think about this. And I was talking about this with somebody the other day. Everything dangerous for people is allowed open. Yes. Everything yes, exactly. Well, they're still selling cigarettes. Right. <clears throat> the deaths from cigarettes, <clears throat> I mean, they so far outpace the deaths from COVID. It's, it's absolute insanity. It's apples and oranges. 
Yes. Yeah, so yeah, you just, can buy cigarettes. And the deaths from alcoholism are enormous. You can buy alcohol anywhere. In California, my beloved, beloved California, I love so much. Uh, you can buy marijuana just about anywhere. And yet marijuana is very clearly a gateway drug to drugs will kill you. And it doesn't do you any good just by itself either. And yet that's allowed. And, got, and the leftists think it's great. They think there's something wrong with you if you don't get high. And if you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to Ben Stein. We're a little light tonight. It's just Ben and myself, which has been sort of the case for the past 17 years. Yes. And I want to tell everybody where they could find us on Parlor at Ben Stein. You can find me at Judah Friedman. And a lot of people sometimes do have questions on the side. So you could always ask me them. It's easier for me to show them to Ben if you send them to me at Judah Friedman. Um, I want to say... Say hello, of course, it said by said said bye bye to Twitter. I always get that wrong. And Rock Breath, and Rock Breath, if people go to his uh, parlor page, please. He had uh, somebody in his in his office, um, his in his wife's office. Uh, a woman there was uh, murdered by her husband what? during the pandemic recently, leaving I believe four orphan kids. And there's How a heartbreaking! Page. How heartbreaking! Very heartbreaking. Right before Christmas, there is a GoFundMe page. So if you go to at Rock Breath on Parlor. Please go to contribute whatever you can. It's a, it, it's truly a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, well, I want to welcome everybody back to the world according to Ben Stein. I'm trying to get all the questions. One of the questions from Carrie has uh, from Florida was our opinion on Ron DeSantis as the future president. Um, what are his chances? Do you like him, Ben? Do you see him or do you know enough about him? I don't know much about him, but what little I know makes me like him a lot. So I, I think he, he he is very high up on the scales, in my opinion. Okay, so that answered that. And um, one of the things you also get asked a lot is because Nixon, we we love we 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 absolutely love Nixon, but Nixon got us into China, right? Yeah, so but I don't Nixon got that's right, that's right. And it's fine they did get us into China because getting us into China was what, what allowed us to win the Cold War. And China would have become a giant manufacturing powerhouse no matter what. Uh, it's not Nixon's fault that the Chinese are so incredibly hardworking and diligent. It's not Nixon's fault that so many people in China steal technology from the U.S. Uh, lots of people steal technology from the U.S. The Russians steal technology from the U.S. Right and left. They just had this gigantic super hack, although uh, Mr. Trump thinks this came from China or maybe it's from China. I don't know. But there's just, I mean, there's lots of people hacking and attacking the U.S. But he got us into China and helped end the war in Vietnam, <clears throat> which the, de the, the Democrats in Congress then totally betrayed the South Vietnamese. But anyway, uh, but Nixon getting us into China did not cause the pro present problems we have with China. China worked very, very hard to become a major manufacturing power, and they are a major manufacturing power. And Mr. Trump did many things to try to restore American manufacturing greatness. Uh, the Congress did not help him or back him up. The media made fun of him and mocked him and belittled him for saying that America could compete with, with uh, China. But I think America can, can compete with anyone. And uh, to answer uh, to answer somebody's question, yes, uh, I was born. Um, I was born uh, one. Uh, let's see, when did Nixon resign? Nineteen seventy four. I was I was born, Michael, two years after Nixon resigned. But for for uh, being with Ben for the better part of seventeen years, um, in an unromantic sort of way, I have learned what Richard Nixon did for Israel. I've learned what greatest. Richard Nixon did for the United States of America. And I learned, um, you know, that if you ask anybody what Nixon's crimes were, you could ask a thousand people and a thousand people would tell you a thousand different things. Or else they would say they have no idea. That, that they have absolutely, yeah, they have absolutely no idea. So that I hope that answers your question. But I want to get back to something else, Ben, um, that uh, we often talk about, which is... Um, I want to get back to this Christmas thing because I think it's extremely important because it goes back to what I was talking to you before about being people being pushed around. Right. I don't know, you know, I don't know what, what Republicans are going to be, uh, you know, what Republicans are going to do because all it takes is one thing to get set off. We see how the Democrats looted and rioted and I'm not encouraging that at all, but it, 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 you're going to go after the wrong person with the wrong gun and all hell is going to break loose. And I don't see the Democrat. I see the Democrats doing this. I, I, I see them coming for all the guns. 
I don't just see them coming for a few guns, you know, the AKs. I see them coming for everything. You know, they have no, once a Democrat gets into power, they become like prepubescent teens. And they become like, they're, they're, they're like a bunch of premature, you know what, and they just can't control themselves. And oh, they're going to have a tough time in North Idaho. It, 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 they're going to have a tough time in North Idaho, but they're going to, but in many other places, Ben, I mean, it, it's, I, I, I don't see a peaceful, I don't see a peaceful exit. I don't see a good exit strategy right now. Well, let's say they, the Democrats have not yet tried to take back everybody's guns and the Supreme Court has uh, issued a number of rulings uh, very much backing the Second Amendment right to bear arms. So it's going to take some very fancy footwork to overcome that. I don't doubt the Democrats will try it. I'm sure they will try to pack the Supreme Court. There's no doubt in my mind. They'll be, if, they, if they win in Georgia, and I have a terrible fear that they will, uh, they will try to pack the Supreme Court. And uh, that way lies a real nightmare in terms of lots of different things. And but gun control is one of them. And uh, that's a very scary proposition, but there are so many scary propositions about around the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats in California have basically said, we're not gonna prosecute crimes anymore. They're not gonna prosecute crimes unless they're done by white people. So that's a very scary situation and uh, don't like it at all. And uh, I don't think anyone does like it. And getting back to what Larry was talking about, the LA, the new uh, attorney general, in LA was um, is a, is supposedly a, a Soros candidate. Is that Gascon? But, yeah, it's Gascon. Is a, is a Soros candidate? And let me just say to everybody out there, it's okay to 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 crap on um, George Soros. Okay, you're not an anti-Semite if you do. You're not going to be banned from us if you do, because somehow you know Ben, a criminal that literally isn't allowed where in France because of, uh, you know, and that broke, almost broke England's economy, is uh, if you bring him up, you're somehow an anti-Semite. This guy who is a border, you know, I'll, I'll give him credit, I mean, not credit, but said to Steve Croft, you could look up the interview, who basically said he had no sympathy for being a collaborator. You know, he was young at the age of 12. He had no sympathy for it. So you're not an anti-Semite if you go after George Soros. George Soros is a dangerous guy. A, 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 an antisocial man with that much money is a dangerous person. And you couldn't, he's like the worst Bond villain ever. You couldn't even make up a Bond villain as bad as George Soros. Um, what are your Christmas plans? What are my Christmas plans? Yeah. Uh, we have uh, a, a couple of houses down in the desert and uh, we are going to go down there. <clears throat> We're going to take my wonderful bride, the world's most wonderful human being, white wife, Alex. We've been Married since 1968 with a, with a brief intermission from 74 to 77. But anyway, and uh, we're going to go down there with uh, our nurses and our caregivers and a couple of friends. Uh, and uh, we're going to have, a, I, I hope, a good time. Our club is not serving meals because of the COVID Bolshevik restrictions. So I will go out to the grocery store and buy two huge turkeys and carve them up. And then the next day uh, we'll eat uh, honey baked ham because uh, that's just the way we are. And by the way, um, uh, I just wanna say uh, Jill Rosenfeld, uh, who's in Delray Beach, she said it was packed last re weekend, restaurants full, outdoor dining, no masks. So Florida is marching to the beat of her own drum. I also want to- Oh, wait a second, our dear, our dear, dear friend from the 12 step program, one of the most uh, capable, intelligent women in the world, Anya, is in Vail skiing. And she says there's indoor dining, everybody's laughing and scratching and there are Christmas lights everywhere and Christmas music everywhere. It's uh, the Bolshevik Republic of, uh, of California. That's uh, very, very bad, badly the worst. I think. I think there are some parts of New York State that are allowing indoor dining, not Manhattan or Brooklyn, but I think some parts of the upstate. There's basically no rhyme or reason to any of this, right? So you have these states that are open where don't they don't have the COVID rise. We have these states like us that are that are, that are closed, right? You could go to supermarkets, but you can't have outdoor dining. You could do this, but you can't do that. 
And that's the problem for the future, Ben. Is it's that a giant it, super problem? It, it is 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 they're looking. I mean, they're looking at this to me as the ultimate takeover. This is the ultimate Democrat takeover. This is the ultimate nanny state. This is the ultimate of pushing us around. And I don't know how. I don't know what the fight back is, sir. I just don't know what the fight back is because Trump is our fight back. Trump has to stay relevant because he's the fly in the ointment. He is the only he he is the only person that could suck the air out of out of out of out of the, out of the next four years. Well, I, I think there's a lot to that, but I think there's just going to be endless litigation, and eventually people will uh, just get sick of being locked down, and they will uh, demand that the restaurants be opened, and uh, the restaurants will be opened, and. Uh, I mean, I, I hope that's going to happen. And uh, I mean, I, I'm not quite as pessimistic as you are. I have to say, I'm, I'm a very, very lucky person. I, uh, I'm able to go to, to the pavilions or Gelson's or any other grocery store I want anytime I want, get all the food I want. I make it on the grill. I bring it up to my wife. She eats it happily. And if she's happy, then I'm happy. And that's pretty much it. And, and uh, so there you are. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm still having a great deal of enjoyment out of day by day life in America. And if I may say so, day by day life in California. I wish uh, we didn't have this lockdown. Judy, you just came up on the screen now. You look yeah, great. Yeah, I lost my video for a second. And uh, you look great. And, and uh, you know, I, I agree the trends to trend lines are adverse and I don't like it at all, but uh, day by day life is great. I mean, day by day life is, life is great. Uh, and as I say, shelter, food, great wife, great son, great uh, uh, granddaughter, I'm, I'm, things are good. And on that note, uh, we will be back next Tuesday with a full panel. Um, we would do, we would do, we would, uh, we would, we would do Thursday night, Ben, but that's Christmas Eve and a lot of people, you know, that's uh, it's a very special time for them, isn't that Christmas Eve? I, I, I must say, if I may, I'll be at my house in the desert and I would be happy to do it. And I, I'm happy to do it. I mean, for gosh sakes, it's only an hour. Of course I'd be happy. Okay, to do so it. You know what? We're going to do a very special Christmas. With Ben's yes. Time. A very special. Where, Christmas. Where Ben's going to exactly. be dressed as Santa. And um, do you have a, do you have a Santa outfit by any chance? I don't have a Santa outfit, but my wife's nurse is a very, very good singer and she can sing Christmas songs in the background. I mean, I have quite a number of Christmas discs. I will play my Christmas discs in the background. You can't, you can't, we... because, of, you can't because of YouTube. We can't do that. But oh. one of the things that we can do is, uh, you know, you, you can talk about gratitude. Because as bad as things are, we have to, as bad as things it's are. Great. We... You know what? As bad as things are, it's still incredibly great to be an American. It's unbelievably great to be an American. It's incredibly great to be an American. It's uh, getting harder and harder to believe that. But um, I agree with you. Right now, as of this moment, everybody in the world would kill to be where we... Most America people, is the greatest. Most, my biggest fear, sir, with the way things are going, you know, Venezuela, but 12 years ago, was, uh, was, was a great place. You know, Cuba at a certain point was a great place. Beirut at a certain point. What did they used to call Beirut? The Paris um, of the Middle East. Yeah, the Paris of the Middle East. And uh, it's amazing how a hop, skip, and a jump, you know, how you, how you take away one thing, it has this trigger effect of, and I pray, you know, I, I pray that that, that, that that doesn't happen. So we are going to do a very, uh, a, a Ben Stein special Christmas. We'll let you know what time it's going to be. And may I say, may I say, yes. am I allowed to sing just myself? Or am I not allowed to do that? Yeah, no, you're allowed to sing whatever you want. Listen, I would play the Killers uh, Christmas songs, which I encourage everybody to listen to. They're fun for all. They're rock songs by well, the Killers. You play them. I can't. If I could, I would, you know. And oh, um, But I can sing. You, you could sing and you will be singing without, without me, of course. But uh, I want to thank everybody for listening tonight to The World According to Ben Stein. We will be back Thursday night with, uh, we actually will have a few special guests Thursday night um, for Ben Stein's special Christmas. And I encourage everybody to Google, um, I can't paste the whole thing on Parlor, but I encourage everybody to read Ben's piece that he did on CBS Sunday morning about Christmas. 
and that people don't like being pushed around and why it's so okay. And also you can read the one I have in, in uh, today's American Spectator, TAS, I think either.com or .org about Merry Christmas in Beverly Hills. I think it's, it's kind of nice. It'll make you cry. Ash in America loves the killers. Yes, they are my favorite band. They just wish they wouldn't speak. Um, and I want to thank everybody for listening tonight, for watching tonight, for the world according to Ben Stein. You can find Ben Stein at Palm Parlor at Ben Stein. You can find us on YouTube at the world according to Ben Stein. As you know, that you can find us on Facebook at the world according to Ben Stein. Please tell your enemies, tell your loved ones, tell everybody it's Christmas. The greatest gift you could give somebody is hitting that bell, subscribing to our channel. Thank you guys very much. Um, have a great night. We will see you Thursday night for a Ben Stein. Very special Christmas. Good night. We salute you, Ben.